welcome to the Karen Kenny Show. This is the place where we take a no bullshit look at life's little lessons. Here, together, we find the spiritual glory in even the most wicked hard story. This is a journey from fear back to love and how we can find our greatest strength and happiness in some of the most unlikely places. I believe that if you're willing to change your mind, you can totally change your life. So, are you ready to rewrite your story and choose to live free? Let's do this. Hey, you guys, welcome to the Karen Kenny Show. I'm super duper excited because, because you guys, <laughs> my guest today, my guest today, known to me as KT, but to the rest of you, I would say, and this is what's so funny, I'm going to make her say her name and then you'll hear how I say her name, right? So actually I'll say her. So this is my, my, this is my dear beloved, one of my best friends in the whole world. Kirsten <laughs> Tulsian. Okay, I'm looking excited. Now, tell them how you would say your name. Kirsten Tulsian. Wait, how do you say it? Kirsten, like ear. Yeah, Kier yeah. Kirsten, <laughs> right? So I say it totally differently. But this is my guest, and I'm so excited to have her on the show today because she has just started a company. Now, I'm going to give you all her background and all that stuff, but the reason why she's really here, besides I just want you guys to meet her, is that she has started a company that I am so jazzed about, that I'm wicked excited about. I want everybody to know about it. So I basically twisted your arm and made you come on the show. She's not a fan of public speaking, uh, but I just kept bugging her and bugging her and bugging her, and finally she relented and <laughs> <laughs> All right, finally, you made me. She's here. So we're going to talk about that. And that's really why we're here. So stay with us. Stay tuned to find out about it. Because I'm telling you, it's going to be incredible gifts to give for the holiday season. They're also so incredibly sweet and wicked important. And I think that they um, are a really powerful like in the realm of work that I do as a spiritual mentor, as a hypnotist, subconscious reprogramming, like all the stuff. These little things, that's all these little things that she's created, I think hit the mark for like, there's a science to them. I think there's a spirituality to them. I think there's subconscious reprogramming happening. I think, I just think they're so fantastic. So hi, welcome to the show. Thank you. <laughs> okay. So this is the weird part where you're just going to sit and listen to me talk about you for a minute. And then I'm going to invite you into the conversation, but I just want to kind of land people in space as to why we're talking to you. Why now what's happening and all that. So Kirsten <laughs> Tulsian, <laughs> right? So you have an undergraduate degree in psychology and elementary education. You got that from the University of Iowa. Fascinating. And then you did your master's um, in school counseling for from Sam Houston State University. So here's what I know already is like kids are in the mix here, right? So anybody who's an educator, you got to love kids. Otherwise, you're a shitty teacher because you're yeah, we can talk about that, what it was like to be a teacher, because I'm so fascinated. It says uh, you're a former elementary educator and school counselor for nearly 20 years. So you were dedicated. You were in this. And you've also been creating social, emotional learning and language arts 
resources. That's a mouthful. I'm going to say that again. You've been creating what I would just say products or resources, right? For teachers, but they're creating specifically social, emotional learning and language art resources for elementary educators. And you've been doing that for the last eight years. And you've been doing that under your business name, right? Kirsten's Caboodle. Yes. All right. We're going to talk about that. You recently launched your new business. I'll say the name of them is a little teaser, a little teaser. They're called Inner Child ID Cards, aka self-love licenses. I cannot wait to dive into that. Um, and I'm not going to talk about them yet. We're going to dive into that later. You also did a bunch of other things. You're a certified hypnotist like me. We're going to yep. talk about that. Um, Reiki master, right? Me too. Okay. Children's book author, which I can't wait to talk about. Lover of animals. That's one of the reasons why I love you. Lifelong learner. And the last thing that you describe yourself as, I'm not going to say it because we're going to talk about it in a little bit, but you live in Salt Lake City with your sweetie, your husband, Vinay, and you got a couple of teenagers, you got a couple of parrots, you got a couple of dogs. <laughs> all right. So furry kids and human kids, and we're going to dive into all of that. Uh, but, but I just want to say, hi, thank you for coming on to the show. I'm wicked excited to introduce you to people and I can tell people all about you, okay? Um, I definitely want to tell the story of how we first met and stuff and all that. But first, just tell us a little bit about your background, all right? Like education, teaching, caboodle. Like, how did all this come to be? Like, how did you come to be a teacher? Did you always know that you wanted to be in education? Um. So thanks for having me, first You're of welcome. all. <laughs> um, I did not always know I wanted to be in education, when I was in undergraduate school in University of Iowa, I initially got a degree in psychology and wanted to work with kids and realized quickly that I would really need to end up getting a master's quickly or a doctorate to be able to do that. And so the quickest path for me to be able to work with kids was through elementary ed. So I, you know, got certified. Actually, I did my student teaching in Houston, Texas. Oh. I got recruited there from, they had a bunch of people come to the University of Iowa and say, if you come and you do student teaching, basically we'll offer you a job. Wow. And so I planned on staying in Houston for three months just to do my student teaching. And during that three months, I met Vinay, my husband, and they offered me a job. And so I took the job thinking I'll just work for a year and get some experience under my belt and then move back to Minnesota, which is where my mom was living at the time and where I graduated from high school. And, and then I just stayed for 10 years and ended up getting my, <laughs> my master's there before we moved to Salt Lake in 2007. Um, so we've been here for 16 years um, and worked as a teacher in fourth grade and third grade ESL, um, intervention teacher for math, um, here in Salt Lake for eight years. Wow. So 10 years, 10 year stint in Houston as a school counselor and teacher, yeah. and then here for another in, eight years in Salt Lake. And how, why Salt Lake? Uh, I was born here. Mm. I have a lot of family here. My brother is here. My grandparents were here. So I, I didn't love Houston. I'm not going to lie. And yeah. I really. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 I want you to be honest. I want you to be honest. 
I begged and pleaded to get out of there. Um, so Benet had an opportunity through his job through CarMax to transfer here. Oh, and so it was yeah, Benet I, that got you guys to Salt Lake. Okay, yes. so so for you listeners, one of my greatest joys. I've never been to Utah. I've never been to Salt Lake, but as you guys know, I'm wicked curious. So one of my greatest fascinations and one of my greatest excitements of you being a Salt Lake kid is that I vicarious le learned through you. And I need to make a clarifying point. Not, I'm not saying it in a negative way, but I learned so much about the Mormons and Mormon history from you, which I find totally fascinating as an East Coast like raised Catholic kid, right, to discover all the differences of like how the Mormon stuff does. Now, you are not Mormon, but you've been around Mormonism for a wicked long time. And you have, I think, family members who, you know, were involved. And I know your dad, I mean, that's a whole other thing. Your dad ended up writing two books about um, a lot of that stuff, which we we may or may not go into. But I just mm -hmm. find it so fascinating. Like, I'm so, it's so cool that you are there because I get to learn about things that I never, ever otherwise uh, probably would have discovered or learned about. So, uh, so I just want to say thank you to Vinay for for, <laughs> for, for like uh, 16 years ago, like uh, in Comax for being able to indulge all my weirdo <laughs> questions and curiosities. So that's really cool. Okay. So you were in education. Now, what, because I know there's got to be some teachers who listen to this show. So what was your experience <clears throat> as a teacher? I mean, I imagine there were some really highs, like being able to see kids grow and just kind of bloom and you know blossom in front of you and i can also only imagine frustrations with um systems the educational systems the structures that are in place the disparities you know because i remember you telling me one time when we were first meeting that didn't you work in a really um for lack of a better word, a low social economic community. So some of your kids were like really, you know, struggling and, um, you know, and because I want to know why you didn't just become like a teacher, you wanted to teach, you know, specifically the social emotional learning stuff. That's really what lit you up. So can you tell me a little bit about just the experience of being a teacher and some of your greatest um, things you loved about it, maybe the things you found challenging or hard for you or your hot? Yeah, for sure. So one of my favorite things about teaching is first grade was my, the first year I taught, I taught first grade and teaching kids how to read is one of the most magical experiences <laughs> ever. I, I mean, they, they literally come in. Some of them don't know the letters of the alphabet yet, and they leave after that year and they're able to pick up a book and read independently, oh. watching them read out loud. I mean, there is there's nothing, nothing better than that. Um, first grade is where I was for a while. And I actually was a reading recovery teacher as well. I got certified. I think it was my third year of teaching. So I would spend half the day teaching first grade and half day reading recovery where I would pull like four different kids each day. Well, they were the same kids, the same four kids for like weeks and weeks, but 30 minutes one-on-one -on -one and um, teaching them how to read. So that was, that was amazing. Um, when I, came I to imagine I'm going to interrupt here because I yeah. imagine that working with the same four kids repeatedly, repetitiously, you could really watch their progress. And let me just say this as a, um, a kid who's also obsessed with books and words and reading and stories, you know, as a storyteller, 
I think one of the greatest gifts we give kids is the ability um, to read, to teach them how to discover stories and other cultures and other worlds and to time travel. I mean, literally like having a library card and being able to go into a place and pick up a book and be able to read. I, I agree with you. I do think it's magical. I do think it's like a superpower. So it must've been so satisfying, like being able to hold their hands kind of meta metaphorically and watch them um, gain confidence and gain skills. And were they so proud of themselves? I can only imagine. So proud. So proud. I mean, the other part of my day that was my favorite was reading out loud to kids. So any picture book read aloud, I it was the best part of my day, hands down, just sharing literature with them. And I'll put a little plug in too for anyone who has small children that are not in school yet. Reading out loud to your kids, even when they're like three months old, is a big, big deal. Their literacy skills skyrocket just by virtue of being exposed to print. The concepts about print, how print works, how books work, how the pages turn left to right, read, like the whole thing, it makes a huge, huge difference to read so, to kids. So what you're saying is don't, are you saying read to them because you use the word print or do you mean like literally get a book and like run your finger along the words, like show them the printing of the words, like, like literally take them through the experience or just reading to them? Just reading to them. Okay. Just reading. To them. I mean, you can show them, but what ends up happening is the more exposure they have, the more they get, I mean, they'll start tracking like where your eyes are on the page and they'll start to see like, oh, it starts on the left and goes to the right. Not consciously. Sure. It's happening. It's happening in the background, but just the concepts about how books work in general. I mean, kids come in with a huge deficit when they don't have that exposure. And you so, think, yeah, because their parents aren't readers or their parents don't aren't mm -hmm. book lovers or whatever. So if you grew up in a home where there were no books, um, you know, you're having a different experience than kids who like like we were poor, like we had we had no money. That's why I always say, like, I'm a huge fan of the libraries because libraries like <clears> even <throat> the playing field for poor kids and kids who don't have a lot of resources. Um, so I think having a library card is one of the coolest things you can also give your kids shout out to libraries <laughs> and, but also <laughs> teachers also teachers. I mean, because we know that, and I, 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 am an example of this as well. We know that one, one unkind comment from a teacher can derail a kid. Do you agree? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And reading aloud to even, you know, I, some parents might be like, well, my two month old, it doesn't make a difference. It does. The brain development happening in a two month old and the repetition of what it sounds to be fluent as a reader, all of those things, the more the more exposure kids can get is I mean, it's huge, huge makes a huge difference. So, so. when you say what it's like to be fluid as a reader, do you mean literally the pace and the rhythm of your voice as you're reading? Like all those little cues yep. are getting into the little subconscious. Yeah. You and I know as hypnotists, right? How powerful it is between we even know like while you're still in the womb, right? That last trimester up until around like seven, eight years old, kids are highly suggestible, highly mm -hmm. like hypnotizable. So like you're saying, they're watching you. They're taking everything you're doing in. Like they are paying attention and getting programmed for lack of a better word, getting conditioned, getting wired on your watch, right? 
Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, it makes a huge, huge difference. Um, so a lot of the time in first grade, I was spending teaching kids how to read, reading to kids. The first class of students I had were non-English speakers. And so it was a lot of, a lot of reading and showing pictures and <laughs> a lot of times just kind of figuring it out as it went. Um, so that was their first, I'm sorry to interrupt. What was their first language? Um, Spanish. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, my second favorite part of teaching would be fourth grade was one of my favorite grade levels. Okay. <laughs> that's a whole, di- that's a whole, different, a whole class of kids. different, yeah, it's a whole different ball of wax, but they are mature enough. They have enough, you know, their ability to think abstractly and to get jokes mm-hmm. and to all of that was super, super fun. And during read aloud times with them, it was like reading chapter books more, which was so fun. Mm -hmm. Um, I may or may not have, you know, not taught as much social studies as I should have, because (laughs) I'd be like, we can't stop reading. Yeah. Um, So those were my favorite parts of teaching. Um, In Houston, the, the ratios, the, the student to teacher ratios are lower than they are in in Utah. Mm-hmm. So 22 to one in first grade was generally how it looked. And if you got over like 24 kids for more than five days, they would hire another teacher. That's in Houston. That's in Houston. Yeah. Yeah. So class sizes there were manageable. Uh-huh. Um, in Utah, the rules are different. So they look at the number of students in the whole school and they allocate teachers based on that. So if you have a school that only has you know, two teachers per grade level, and you happen to have 70 kids in that grade level, Wow, you're, you're going to be stuck with 35 kids. So a lot of, a lot of the struggle that I had towards the end of my teaching career was not necessarily a lack of support. I had a great principal. There were, you know, other teachers and support staff in the building that were really helpful but when you're responsible for over 30 kids and you have students in the classroom that are mainstream that have special needs and you have 35 families, sets of parents that are emailing all the time and the the responsibility just becomes so overwhelming. I can imagine. Um, that it it was no longer, it didn't feel like what was best for kids. and through my career, every professional decision I've made is what is best for kids. And I didn't feel like I could do every single student justice. And I, you know, no longer wanted to participate in it. So. Well, this, so it felt like the system, uh, what I'm hearing is, and you can correct me if I'm wrong. It felt, feels like the system was kind of broken because it was interesting. You said, and I know you didn't mean it this way. Like when you said you'll be stuck with 35 kids and in my head, I'm thinking, yeah. and there, no, no, but what I, I, I know what you meant when you said that, but <laughs> excuse me. Also, <clears throat> those kids are stuck in a class where we already know that one person, there's no way, there's no yeah. way you can cater <laughs> to the needs of every single child that is in your care. And yeah. that must've been incredibly like you said, at least you had a supportive principal, you had other support, great supportive, you know, um, other teachers in the building, whatever. 
But you yourself, there's only so much you can do when you're one person. I mean, even as a yoga teacher, I'm going to have a really different experience if there's, you know, like 12 people in the room versus 36 or whatever. Meaning yeah. if, if I'm the kind of teacher that wants to put my hands on you in a positive way and, and assisting <laughs> or doing a little wishy wishy at the end of the class and Shavasana, whatever. So there's only one of you. Yes. And then you have all these little beings who are having their own emotions, their own experiences at home, their own um, either learning um, challenges or learning gifts, you know, and you're one person and you got to keep track. And maybe somebody's parents are going through a divorce or somebody's grandpa died or there's abuse going on at home. Like there's a thousand things that can be happening. And like you're one person with one nervous system who's trying to regulate. And we know, we know that humans and warm blooded creatures, we regulate, we co-regulate and we regulate each other's nervous systems. So did it feel energetically sometimes just like a lot, like walking? Draining, draining. Well, and I mean, the thing is teachers teach because they care about kids. And that's where, you know, I'd get in my car at the end of the day and cry and just be just so overwhelming because you, you literally, for that many students, you cannot meet all of their needs the way they need to be met. It's not possible. And so it's as a teacher who cares that much, it's hard not to focus on what didn't happen instead of the wins or what was successful because you always constantly want to do better and more and better and more and better and more. And then you end up feeling like you're on this hamster wheel that just gets, it feels out of control. So, you know, and then testing, mandatory testing by the state becomes an issue watching kids who have, you know, high anxiety during test taking. And I'm supposed to stand there and make them take the test when I know that's not what's best for them. So lots of situations like that yeah, where you're forced to do something that you know is not in their best interest. And it just gets to the point where it's so out of alignment that it doesn't feel good anymore to wake up in the morning and go. The best part is like, if I could teach and just teach kids and not worry about the politics, the class sizes, the teaching is so fun, super fantastic. The relationship with the kids I mean, really can't be beat. I miss that. I miss that a lot. Yeah. Well, so I want to talk about a little bit more um, because when you decided to leave teaching, you didn't decide to leave kids. In fact, you wanted to keep helping them. (laughs) So instead, you started, um, well, you started your business, right? So tell us a little bit. And then then I'm going to ask you about... um, maybe what you were like as a kid, but first, because when you're like, okay, I can't do the teaching thing anymore. Do you remember the exact moment when you decided, like, was there a turning point? Like, were you like got in your fucking car or something and you're just bald as snot, like you're crying your (laughs) eyes out and you think I can't do this anymore. Like, was there literally like, I would call like a come to Jesus moment where you're like, and, and then like, how does the idea for caboodle, as I like to call it, come about? Like talk about that transition, because I'm sure somebody here is listening and it might not be teaching, but there might be somebody listening who is at a breaking point with the job and they're like, I don't know if I can do this anymore. So tell us about your transition out of that <clears throat> to what you um, partially, 
do well mostly or partially do now <laughs> okay so there there was a moment that i remember very distinctly it was a friday night 5 five thirty maybe and i was still at school i had finished correcting this huge stack of papers and i was sitting on the floor with a crate and i would file all of the students papers in these file folders so that they could take them home on monday in their take-home folder and as i was filing these papers and I, I looked at the clock and I was like, okay, it's, it's Friday night. I should be at home. I was overwhelmed from the week. I was exhausted. And I just, my head fell and I started crying and I'm like, I, I can't do this. I just can't do this anymore. And there was a moment that I thought that it would be better if I was working at a kiosk in the mall, because I wouldn't have stress i wouldn't have the take the big bags of papers to take home and grade which end up you know like they ride in the car it's like a little field trip for them <laughs> i never take them out I bring them back to school so there's this constant constant need for like there's always stuff to do and it eventually gets done or you throw some of them in the recycling bin i mean that happens as well but there was that moment and i knew at that moment that if that's where i was mentally I was not going to be at my best for kids. And so what had happened during that time as well, as I wrote a children's book and the. Oh, wait, the you mean this? <laughs> Sprinkle your sparkles. Oh, my God, you guys, I'm holding this up. Those of you who are uh, listening and not watching, I'm holding it up. But I, I want you to hold up the real book. I'm just holding up the printout. OK, it says. Sprinkle your sparkles, show your love and kindness. Oh my God, it's so cute. All right, you're holding it up now. So you wrote this book, obviously, and then you had somebody, somebody else did the artwork and illustrated it for you. So that's yeah. Cool. Okay, but wait, my yeah. other question before we dive into the book, you are also a mom at this. Are you a mom yet at this time? So you oh. have, so you have basically your own kids you're trying to keep alive and feed and be there for emotionally, and then you mm -hmm. also have these thirty some odd other kids that you have fallen in love with in a healthy way, but like that you care about. And so you're, you're sitting there and you're like, I can't do this anymore. And then you're like, tell me how your brain went to like, okay, I've written this children's book. And so talk to me about that. So the children's book I wrote, I think I was, I, I scaled back slowly in teaching. So I was teaching full-time at one point. And then the next year I was like 0.75, I was 75%. So I had like one day off a week. And then the next year I went 0.5 and I was half time. So I kind of moved out slowly, but so during that slowly time, moon walks like out of teaching. I did. That's I did. what I'm hearing. Okay. I'm with you. <laughs> yeah. Um, but the publishing company reached out and they asked me to create like a free resource guide for the children's book and to put it on teachers pay teachers okay you you kind of jumped over this big thing where in october uh, october of 2013 so like 10 year anniversary edition ps it's like been your 10 year anniversary right in october so october 15th i think 2023 it was published so as you're scaling back you start to you start to write a children's book Correct. So, so the children's book, and I'm trying to remember exactly how it all played out. Um, the children's book was written. 
I think it got published the year that I started scaling back my time as a teacher. And that was 2013. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes. And so, yeah, yeah. I can was. tell you, well, that's what Amazon says. That's what, that's what the book. That's Amazon what book. knows better than I do. That's I don't. I'm so I'm telling you, October 15th, 2013 <laughs> is when it says yeah. it was published. So, all right. So you start to scale back. You write this children's book, which is fantastic. And sprinkle your sparkles. Oh my God. I love it. And, but what happens is the publisher of the book reaches out to ask you to create some sort of PDF or digital product or something to put yeah. on. Now, I got to remind you, you know what all these 0. 0.5, 0. 0.75, all these teacher acronyms, you speak teacher. So I'm laughing over here. I'm, I'm trying not to be a pain in your ass and interrupt you the whole time. But when you say TPT or teachers pay teachers, explain to the to the crowd. So the publisher reaches out, hey, you created, you wrote this children's book. We want you to make a resource for it that teachers in schools or whatever can use. And that's the beginning. So tell us about that journey. Yes. So at that time, I didn't really know what Teachers Pay Teachers was. <laughs> I didn't know. I'd never heard of it till I met you. So go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, I wish I would have known because I would have utilized it a whole lot more as a teacher. Um, but the idea is that teachers can find this resource and download it. And it provides more exposure for the book, basically. Um, it encourages people to purchase the book. So when I went to Teachers Pay Teachers to look at what was happening there and what I what she wanted me to do, I was fascinated to see that, oh, like I could have purchased or gotten free resources, downloaded these to use with some of my favorite picture books that I was teaching with. Oh my gosh, there's a whole lot of stuff going on in language arts and like the all of it. It's it's a like a treasure trove of resources for teachers. So I I thought about it and I was like, well, I have, I mean, I've created a lot of things as a teacher that I use in my own classroom. I wonder what would happen if I, you know, posted some of those on Teachers Pay Teachers. And so I think the first summer I posted two resources, two paid resources. And every now and then I would get an email that was like, oh, congratulations, you sold you know, Greek and Latin stems and roots and you made $4 and 50 cents. And I'd be like, what? That is the best $4 cents I've ever made. That's exciting though. When you get your first sales and you had no idea, you're just like, Hey, I discovered this. So T TBT or teachers pay teachers. It's like an online, I think of it almost like an online shop or a big online store where resource creators from all over can basically upload products, right? Or digital downloadable resources that teachers can buy for use in their own classrooms. Is that, did I say that correctly? Yep, exactly. Okay. Yes. They, they call themselves a marketplace. So okay. it's, yeah. And it's all digital. They used to, I believe they used to allow teachers to sell hard goods, but yeah. they don't anymore. It's, it's all digital, like PDFs mostly. Um, yeah. And there's, there's a lot a shit of ton is what I would say. There's a shit ton. So yeah. you upload a couple of your products that you've created. And then like, you're just laying around and it's like, ding, you made four bucks. Ding. You made three bucks. Ding. And you're like, Hey, <laughs> this is kind of <laughs> yes. cool. Right. Or something yeah. like that. Yes. I was like, this is, this could like feed my 
coffee addiction. (laughs) (laughs) I say that I don't even buy Starbucks. I make coffee at home, but yeah, yeah, I mean, it was, it was enough that I was like, wow. I mean, this, this could cover part of our grocery expenses. This could over a month's time, this might be able to pay our electric bill or, you know, whatever. So there was reinforcement with those, we call them cha-chings. They, they make a (laughs) cha-ching. Oh yeah. That, I mean, talk about, talk about as um, subconscious reprogramming and, or just subconscious programming and hypnosis. I mean, you want, you want to get a little uh, neurochemical dopamine hit, hear that little cha-ching, yeah. cha-ching, and somewhere inside your brain's like, yep, it's like so excited, yeah. right? little reward. Well, and the, the other thing that was fantastic is it really like married two of my passions, kids, and also like writing, creating. I loved writing before. So when I would create the resources, I just, I felt like a new, I had a new purpose and it just kind of grew from there. And I was able to scale back more at work. Teaching. So you started Mm -hmm. to scale back going to school. So from 0.5, did you just say I'm out or did you go to 0.25? Like how did that, like at what point are you like, I'm going all in on my new business. Like I'm going all in on this dream and tell us about the name too. Like where that came from. I'm fascinated by it. But at what point, like how long as you're dipping your toes in and hearing the cha-ching and making a little cash, I'm assuming you start to make more products, your shop starts to grow, the marketplace starts to reward you. And then you make a decision or something happens. So what happened and how'd you come up with the name? So I was, I was working halftime at the time and it was December. And I think that there was a deadline to turn in the resignation for the following school year. So I finished out that school year and that, oh, it was, it was one of the most terrifying decisions I've ever made. And looking back, I don't know that I, the income I was making on Teachers Pay Teachers was not making up I mean it it did not equal a teacher salary but I knew that I needed to just dive in and if I had more time to create resources like hopefully I could fill that gap but it was absolutely terrifying so it's a leap of faith though this is a leap of faith story right this is like me closing down my yoga studio after 10 years when I have one spiritual mentoring client and I'm like yeah I'm gonna go for it I don't know it's gonna I don't happen right so is now is Vinay at this point looking at you like yeah babe go for it is he like ha okay like yeah yeah I love you babe I believe in you and right like so how did that feel like where where, where, did you like tell your friends did you tell your teaching friends or did you just like moonwalk and like boom like because I could imagine that is a big step into the unknown yes yeah he was supportive And he knows me well enough to know that no matter what happens in life, I will figure shit out. I will make stuff happen regardless. So if that meant that I need to go find another job somewhere or whatever, he he knows me well enough to know that I wasn't just going to like let it, you know, sit sit at home and we're going to lose the house and our lights. Sit around and eat bonbons. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. 
Exactly. Yeah, you were gonna you were gonna do what needed to be done. So that's mm-hmm. really exciting that you went all in on your dream. And then what was the inspiration for what you name your shop? And what is that? Does it have oh. some sort of significance? Um so not not really. I mean it kind of does. Initially it was my first and last name, Kirsten Tolsian. Mm-hmm. And initially I also was only creating language arts resources. That's how it started. I think after I had maybe like 20 or 30 products, I started creating the social emotional learning resources. Can you give somebody an example of what social emotional learning might look like? Like what, what, when you say that, like to, to the lay person at home, what might a product that you're selling or whatever, um, what's the goal of it? Like, well, give me an, give us an example if you can. Um, so the goal is to support, I mean, kind of what it says, like the emotional well being of students. So anything from like growth mindset resources, resources that help um, kids understand and regulate feelings. Um, I've got like, you know, cool down corners and <laughs> self-care stuff, anything that helps them regulate and understand their social emotional selves. So, um, growth mindset is a, I've got a lot, a lot of growth mindset resources. Um, so the, the name, I mean, I guess because it's kind of a conglomeration of different things that don't necessarily you don't think that they go together. I was like, oh, it's like a, ca- a caboodle of resources. And then I like, I like alliteration. And so yeah. <laughs> well, we no, I was like, what's caboodle? Like, I love the word. I thought it was a really fun word, but I just didn't know if like it was a nickname or where it came from. So yeah. Okay. So you do all this, you create all these resources, which it's interesting because it's teachers pay teachers and it's often talked about like resources for teachers, but I think of it as you resourcing children still. It's still your way of delivering the goods to yeah. the little ones that you love and care about so much. Yeah, I mean, ultimately that's who it impacts the most. I do love helping teachers in terms of convenience and time, saving them time and effort and energy. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I get feedback, that's like, oh, thank you so much. This saved me. I didn't have to create something over the weekend. I love that. But ultimately it really is the delivery where it lands is in, in the students. And it's not just teachers, it's you know school counselors, it's psychologists, it's principals buy stuff, um, homeschooling parents. So the, it's not just necessarily you know, like homeroom classroom teachers. Yeah. So home, home, anybody who basically has a kid and they're teaching them stuff has, can, can, can buy, right. You just create an account or something, and then you can start purchasing all of these awesome resources. So your shop is um, Kirsten's Caboodle. So do they just Google the name? I don't, I've never used TBT. So you just go online and you look for that name and then your shop or whatever will come up. Yep. It'll pop right up. And Caboodle is with a K. I mean, it's not spelled correctly with a K, but it's spelled correctly with a K in my business name. Right. Caboodle is a C, but it is Kirsten Yeah, Caboodle that's cool. K. Yeah, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. And and they can just kind of go and shop around and find find stuff that they need to support. Yep. And them. there's there's a ton of free resources on on TPT as well. So there's free. So one. you can go. Yeah, you can go search any topic. And you can sort by free, you can sort by whatever, you can sort any way you want, but there's a lot of of stuff there also for for free. All right, well, this is awesome. So you've been doing this now for like eight years and that's been going fantastic. But I wanna now kind of talk about the thing, why why I'm really having you on the show. And uh, other than I love you. (laughs) 
And we'll tell at the end, at the end, we're going to tell you the story of how we met and this whole amazing thing. But this is really important to me. So if you've listened this long, thank you so much for staying with us because this kind of leads into this. So we see how, you know, you love kids and you want to help kids. You become a teacher, you become a counselor, you do all this stuff. You do that for as long as you can. Then you're like not doing this, but still want to help kids. So then it's like, okay, caboodle, we're caboodling, right? We're doing all this stuff. Now, at some point then while you're caboodling, Right. And I think this is what I want to kind of talk about, because you are one of the things I can say about getting to know you. And I'll talk more in depth about this later, is that one of the things I really started to notice through knowing you is how much you truly do. Like you are a fierce advocate for kids and you're not just a fierce advocate for little kids. And you know how we joke about how people will often ask me and they'll say, you know, do you only work with adults? And I say, yeah. And they're like, because kids could really use your work. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. Um, and I don't mean that dismissively. I'm like, yeah, yeah. And I said, but I said, I technically work with adults, but I'm really working with little kids and adult bodies, right? Mm -hmm. So something that I noticed about being your friend is whenever I would tell you stories about my childhood, things that I had just really normalized, right? Like things that other people would be like, um, that's fucked up, right? Like I just kind of normalized. And, you know, we Voxa, I mean, we Voxa every single day. For those of you who don't know what Voxa is, it's like a, Vox, a voice messaging app. And I would remember like, Vo you'd ask me a question and I'd Vox you back. And the way that you would respond when you felt like somebody was mean to little me, like little KK, like <clears throat> like the little bunny, as I call her, you would get like huffing and puffing pissed <laughs> about, no, no. When somebody did something unkind to me as a child. So I could really, really see your true advocacy and your true fierce spirit around um, loving kids, protecting kids, um, and the way that you would be, um, want to protect and defend kids. And so I'm curious about, and we're going to, we're going to go into how, just like you, just like I was saying about how I work with adults, but really it's like little kids and big bodies, this new, this new offering, this new product that you've created that I love so much, which I'll, I'm going to hold up in a minute. I'm going to ask you to hold up. Um, also comes from you wanting to help nurture, love, care for, remember the little kids in adults. The yes. inner child and adult. So talk to me about this because number one, your mom was a psychologist, correct? Growing up, your mom is a psychologist mm -hmm. still to this day, right? Okay. Stay, so yeah. yep. you're, you're caboodling and then you're sleeping one night or you're getting ready to go to bed or whatever. And all of a sudden this idea comes into your head, right? Or something like that. So tell the story about now how you're continuing to kind of do what you've always done, which is try to help kids, but in this really exciting new way, but really like it's for the little kids in the adults. So yeah. talk to us about this. Yes. So as a kid, um, I moved a lot as a kid. My parents got divorced when I was seven and moving back and forth from Minnesota to Utah happened frequently. I had like 16 places that I called home by the time I was 16. And so there were there were struggles during that time. And then during my adolescence, I also struggled somewhat. But what my mom would always tell me is when you feel like you're having a hard time taking care of yourself, nurturing yourself, eating well, all of those things, 
pretend like you're taking care of a younger version of you. And would you withhold food from her? Would you withhold love from her? Would you withhold compassion from her? And so as an adult, even sometimes when I struggle, I'm like, okay, I, I can do that. I go back to that. And I really treat myself like I would treat a five or six or seven year old version of myself. I also have, and I have it on my computer, have this little like, Okay. So hold that there for a second. So for those of you who are listening and not watching, what KT is holding up is a picture of her when she's a little kid. She's got super, 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 like what we called as kids, like toe-headed kids, like really blonde, little, really, really platinum blonde little girl in a little yellow dress with her little cute smile, which looks the same P.S. now as an adult. And she's got this little school picture of her in her yellow dress taped to a, a sticky note. And what it says up top is what, when I say awful things to myself, I'm going to remember that I'm also talking to her. And then it's the picture of her as a little, Katie's a little girl. So you've had this, I've seen it in your, in your room. You have this next to your desk, um, mm -hmm. your writing desk and your work desk up in your office. And so you're a kid who like me, right? Bounced around mm -hmm. a lot, always moving, um, new scary places, challenges. Of course, any kid of, of divorce knows how challenging that can be. But literally going from Utah to Minnesota, that's a trip. Like that's like a whole different world, right? <clears throat> so you have these times when you're struggling. And as did your mom start saying to that to you like you were in your teens or do you yeah. remember the first, not maybe not the first time, but so when you were a teenager, she's saying that to you, basically. I think like high school was probably the first time I heard it. Um, it's been several years since she said it, but I mean, into my early thirties, even she would say, yeah, take care of her, take care of yourself. Like you're taking care of a younger version of you, which and is it so really, beautiful. The perspective, that shift in perspective because of course my five-year-old self is worthy. Of course my six-year-old. And then you get to the question of, well, why is it that as a 30-whatever-year-old, 32-year-old, what changed? What happened? Um, How did I stop being worthy and deserving of my own love or compassion or attention or care or whatever? Yeah. 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 So you're, you're, so I, I remember the exact moment because I have the Voxa. But tell the listeners now, so this is the history, right? Like, so you've got this psychology psychologist mom saying this thing to you, which I find it fascinating because I can only imagine what it's like to grow up with a parent as a therapist or a psychologist. And like, you always see it portrayed on TV and in movies as them always saying to you, how are you feeling? No. How are you really feeling? Is that true? Does that happen to psychologists? That's legit. That's legit. Yep. Okay. So, feeling? yeah. So preacher kids are always like preacher's kid. And they have like an unspoken language, right? Like they have like a, a language that they all understand. I think that psychologist kids probably also have. I also think that kids who grew up with um, cops for parents, right? I think what there's certain gigs that those kids like are like, yeah, my mother was always like, no, darling, how do you really feel? You're like, oh my God, right? So, okay. So your mom, your mom says this to you. And so you've had this picture and this reminder to yourself to basically don't be a dick to yourself, right? When you say mean things to yourself, Kirsten, right, KT, you're also talking to this little being. Remember that. Okay. So this has just been kind of in your, not in your face, but in your awareness, in your conscious awareness, but also in your subconscious mind, because your mom's been saying this to you. And then when's the epiphany about 
the new the new product because I was on the receiving end of that that Voxer, right? And I was like, oh my God. So tell us about it. Yeah, I remember that Voxer because I remember sending the message and being like, I had a new business idea last night. And then I left, like I didn't Vox what the idea was. And there was like, what is happening? How do you yeah. drop that and not explain or say? I'm like, you can't just say that and then not tell me like what it is you're thinking about. Yeah. So where were you? Like, were you sleeping? Were you in between like coming out of sleep? Were you just sitting around? Like what happened? I was in bed and I was trying to fall asleep Ah. and my brain was, you know, moving a million miles a minute. And I mean, I'm coming off of also creating, and I still do creating resources, PDFs that get uploaded digitally. Um, but I had this idea that, so, okay, let me back up. I had been struggling a little bit, like just business decisions and different things. And I thought about how it would be really nice to be able to carry something like this in like a wallet or a purse. And I know some people do carry like just their younger self picture in their wallet, um, and initially the idea was to figure out a way that teachers could, you know, create them for kids even. And as my mind is churning, I'm thinking, oh gosh, no, it'd be really fun to be able to like laminate them and actually send them in the mail to people if people wanted to order them somehow. And then it went from there and I'm like, what's even better than laminating? Oh, I creating little cards, like a little driver's license, an ID card. Oh, and then I could add these like words and I could personalize so it kind of snowballed from there. And I actually, I think it was probably like 1230 or one in the morning. I got out of bed and went up to my computer to see like how much it cost to purchase a, an ID card printer. And <laughs> there was anything out there like that. And then it just snowballed. And I think I, I was probably up till three that night, just thinking how it could all look, the layout, the graphics the the entire thing so it kind of evolved slowly like in my periphery for my whole life but that night specifically it was when magic magic struck it's like oh I could do this I could do this it could be so fun well what's fantastic again is it's another thing that where so I, I would say s-t-o-t-j like spiritual team on the job right because you're starting to bump up against and we don't have to go into the whole TBT thing, but you were starting to bump up against some frustrations and some things in your, you know, your, not necessarily your business, but the platforms that you use to do your job, right? I mean, you creating resources, you're brilliant at it. And uh, she really is, you guys. I mean, she she makes some fantastic stuff. One of my favorite things is um, the the bios that you do on Brad Meltzer's books, right? Oh, so so yeah. KT is the one who sent me the, I am Mr. Rogers, the little Brad Meltzer book, which I think everybody should get a copy. I'm obsessed with it. But one of her products is she makes these, she does these little bio bio things, right? That go along with the companions for the book, basically. Is that yeah, what they are? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So obsessed. Anyways. Okay. So you're, you're a little frustrated with things and you're, and I know, cause we had been hashing it out going back and forth on Voxa, um, which we do all the time with in our brain trust with our other friend, uh, Emily, right? So em- I call Emmeline. You guys have heard me talk about uh, Emily Abor and Emmeline. So we have this little brain trust. So you come online, you drop this bomb, like, oh, I just had an idea. And I'm like, Jesus Christ, like, you better tell me what it is, like, stat, like, let's go. 
And it, that was in the group with Emily, because I think both of you at the same time, what? came like, what's happening? What you can't just say that and then run. Yeah. And we were so excited about it. But I mean, I, where I was going with all that is that new ideas for you. And again, this is why I say spiritual team on the job is it's, it's kind of like this frustration or this, this, this dissatisfaction or, you know, in a, the way A Course in Miracles came to be, you know, the big book, A Course in Miracles, mm -hmm. right? It's because one person said to another, basically, this is no longer working and there must be a better way. There must be a better way. And the other person said, uh, it doesn't matter. I don't want to make that. The, the, the other person said, I'll help you. And as soon as there's like, there must be a better way, I think the door to inspiration like swings open. Yeah. So you laying in bed and being like, I don't know about this. There's gotta be something and da, 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 da. And then all of a sudden it's like, boom, you know? And the, the inspiration, the idea arrives in your heart, in your mind. But here's the thing. You didn't just go interesting and go to sleep. Cause this goes back to you saying, Vinay, no, basically what I say to my sweetie all the time, you know who you married. So Vinay knows who he married and he's like, yep. you know, I, she'll, she'll do what she needs to do. So you get your ass out of bed and you're on the interwebs, <laughs> like searching. So, um, so long story short is you end up getting the printing machine, you get the cards, you get the, you start to design it or whatever. And I just want to hold up mine. Okay. So I'm going to show you, and I want you to hold up yours why don't you hold up yours too do you have the one from that little picture that was by okay so you i'm so glad you did the feather one because i have i grabbed my hats one because i have a couple of these you guys so we're holding these up right now and what you can see is they're about the size of a um driver's license right the exact si yep. size yep. fits yep. in my wallet and at the top i just want to describe this it says self-love license and there's a yellow band behind it my little graphic is little hats coming up the side. And you see a little picture of little me, the little bunny. And underneath it is my name, Karen Kenny. And on the front, and I'll read mine. And I think um, I think we, we chose the same words for these. And KT has hers as well. as a little picture of hers, little kid. And on the front, it says, and I'll let you um, talk about the back. I'll talk about the front of the card. And on the front, it says, I will show her. So you get to pick your pronouns. Right. When somebody orders one of these cards, you can pick your pronouns, you can pick your picture. She's got it all set up on the back end to make it as easy as possible. So I chose, or actually, I think you chose this for me. I think you sent me, I don't know if you, which one you sent me. You might've sent me the hats first. And then I chose uh, on the, on the other one, but it says, I will show her kindness, patience, compassion, attention, and love. And at the bottom, like how a license does, it says never expires. Never expires, you guys. Look how cute these are. Oh my God. I want you look at another one. Of you, yeah. Oh, right. <laughs> so stars is my other favorite. So I'm obsessed with stars, the feathers in the hat. So she's holding up another one of me. Okay, it's wicked cute. And on that one, it says, I will show her. Want to read that for me? What does that one say? This one is compassion, kindness, safety, strength, and love. Because <laughs> she, the little bunny wanted safety. She wanted yes. safety so much. Okay. So you're designing these and you're like, okay, on the front next to their face, I want them to have these words and then tell them about the back of the card and you can hold up yours and talk about it. I'll hold up mine, but you can just kind of talk about it too. So the back of the card there, the picture repeats. So whatever picture you picked for the front shows up on the back as well. 
And the message on the back says, when I show up for myself, I'm also showing up for her or whatever pronoun you choose. Yeah. <laughs> and there's also um, the the website where they can get these. Because I know somebody right now is like, will you just tell us how we get these freaking things? Because you guys, there's such a great gift to give. Who doesn't want to? I don't care how old you are. I don't care if you're 90. I don't care if you're 15. When you're 15, you forget about that little one in you too, right? Because you think you're all grown up and you know everything. But from whatever age you are, these are such an incredible gift. And um, you can get them at, tell them where they can get these. And then we're going to, I want to talk a little bit. I have a few more questions for you. So tell them where they can actually get these. So the website address is ID dot com i-n-n-e-r-c-h-i-l-d-i-d dot com innerchildid.com the original self-love license okay yeah. okay i'm kind of obsessed with these and i will tell you this you guys so i've gifted them i gifted them to everybody at my retreat that we just came back from which we'll talk about in a minute mm -hmm. And they, I kind of had to do a little fake out with the big pictures. We talked about that, but the, the people at home, you don't need to know what I mean, what I'm saying. Inside joke, inside joke. Um, but then I gifted everybody these. And if you could have seen the looks on their faces, just how delighted, how happy, how <laughs> the tears, the teary eyes, right? Um, to receive this because, you know, this is such an important reminder, especially for like New England kids. Right. East Coast kids are like our whole MO is like suck it up and stuff it down and no whining and cut the shit and don't, you know, like just that that tenderness. I often say I, I was I didn't get enough tenderness growing up for sure. And I think a lot of people don't. And I think that they don't understand. It's one of the reasons why I love Pat's work and internal family systems work. Right. Richard Schwartz, Dick Schwartz. Thank you. Thank you for creating internal family systems, IFS. Um, but I think we don't understand the importance, like as a culture, of honoring the younger versions of ourselves, honoring the inner child. So do you want to talk about that a little bit, especially given your background? Yeah, I mean, I think I I came to know more about it and through the course of therapy myself, I was in therapy for a few years and I spent a lot of time reaching out to the younger parts of myself that really felt unseen and unheard as a, as a kid mm -hmm. and the power in being able to have a conversation with those parts and to be, to connect with those parts is really, really incredible. Um, it's really powerful. So like you said at the retreat though, I mean, the looks on their faces when I, when they see the picture and I have this experience where I know that there's a younger part of them that is touched in that moment. And it makes my heart melt because I mean, it's not very often that most adults even pay attention to those younger parts. What do those younger parts need? As an adult, now we have all these tools that we can help those younger parts, but we don't spend a lot of time thinking about it or executing it. So, I mean, these cards are just like a, a little fun invitation nudge to love remember. Note. Yeah, a little love note that those, all of the younger versions are still with us. The two-year-old version, the eight-year-old version, the 15-year-old version, all of those parts are still inside of us. And 
it's like a little a little just a little love note reminder to to pay attention to that and to really watch our own self-talk adults have can get in the habit of getting in shame cycles and loops and paying attention to the words that you're saying to yourself that I'm saying to myself and we're not just saying it to our adult versions those messages seep into the inner child so it, yeah I mean I have so many thoughts about this so I, I was laughing it's like I actually did a podcast on this a wicked long time ago a couple of years ago called how old are you and so I often tell my clients, you know, um, when you're getting triggered, when you're getting upset, when you're having some sort of reaction, and sometimes you might know what, what it's about, but sometimes you don't. And I'll say, you know, when I often will say, it's not about the pasta, right? It's not about what you think it's about or whatever, but I'll say, how old are you? And then I, you know, I guide my clients through ask yourself these four questions. But the first one is how old am I right now? And that doesn't mean the age you actually are. It's how old is the part of me that is reacting to whatever the trigger, quote unquote, button pushing the trigger, the fear, whatever it is. Uh, and it's really, really powerful. And I know somebody out there might be rolling their eyes right now, like, oh, fucking inner child work, <laughs> right? Look it, look it. I'm going to prove to you. I'm going to prove to you that there's hope <laughs> because back in 2006, all right, 2006. So this is a wicked long time ago. Um, I, we used to, we have a shop called Newbury comics and I'll never forget seeing this because when I lived in LA, when I lived in California, I was there for eight years and imagine going from like Boston, like Lawrence, Boston to LA and just like LA was like a different world yeah. and it was hyper spiritual, hyper open-minded, hippy dippy, like all, all the whole vibe, right? Which obviously I, I, I kind of got into, but when I first was there, it was like culture shock. So the first time somebody ever, ever talked to me about inner child work, I was I was like, like my eyes could have like stuck, roll, <laughs> rolled back in my head so far that I was like, oh my God. Melting. So when I went to Newbury Comics and I saw this sticker, I thought it was the funniest thing I had ever seen. And because it was true, because the the little kid in me who had to be wicked tough did not want to talk about this inner child stuff. It was like, fuck you and your inner child stuff, right? So look at look at this sticker. I still have it. I never stuck it on anything. Like I have the sticker that I can tell. 4-17-06, right? That's how long I've had it, okay? And it says, my inner child is a mean little fucker, okay? So I, this is how long I've had this. So I just want to say to you, those of you who are just like, oh God. And trust me, I've had clients. I've had clients that are like, it's way too uncomfortable. It's too painful to like go back there. But I think this is why these are so powerful. These self-love license, the inner child ID, because it's so cute and it's so non-threatening and it's simply just a gentle reminder. And like you said, an invitation to remember that when you're talking shit, when you're being unkind to your quote unquote adult self and being unkind, you guys looks like a lot of shit, not getting enough sleep, right? <laughs> eating a bunch of shit that's not good for you, sleeping with people that aren't good for you, putting up with things in relationships, not having good boundaries because you adult you is not the only one who's suffering the consequences of adult use choices. Yep. Right. Yep. So one of the things we joke about, and I literally, I have two of these. I mean, I, ha I could have many more because you used me as a test picture for a bunch of times. So you've got one of me. I've I got probably have like 15 of you. <laughs> I know. I know you really do. Um, and I'm going to get another one. I have two other pictures that I want them for. Okay. But here's the thing, you guys, we joke about this. So I keep my extra one 
in my wallet, like literally in my wallet, right? And then I keep this one stays right here next to a picture of my mom because it makes me like, Mer. so I always put little me next to my mom. Um, so my point is though, I keep it in my, my car, in my wallet. And I always say the next time, if I ever get pulled over by a cop, I'm going to, I'm going to hand them my inner child ID instead of my driver's license and say, it wasn't me. It was her. She likes to go fast. <laughs> Can you show her, like you said, you show, show her and I, and kindness and love, show her all those things, please. Please don't show her a ticket, show her <laughs> kindness, compassion, love, whatever. So you guys, I'm so obsessed with these. And this is why I was like, please come on the show. Please come on the show. She, like I said, I finally twisted her arm and she relented and she's here. And I think they're so important and they're so helpful and nobody else out there is doing anything like this. So the original literal self-license and look at self-love, love license. And you guys, they're not that expensive. They're not like, I'm like, you could go order one. And I remember what these reminded me of KT and why I'm obsessed with them too is when I was a little kid, there was this book company and you could like write in and you could tell them, your parents or whoever could tell them like your name, the street you lived on, like um, your dog's name, like whatever. And you would get this book back in the mail and it would be like, Karen lived in law. And you'd be like, oh, that's yeah. probably why I well, like, it was probably one of the things that really made me want to be a writer and, and, and definitely a memoirist. It's like, how did this happen? Okay, because I was, I saw my name in a book and I was like, that's it, obsessed. <laughs> my dog's name was in there, like Gidget. I was like, what is happening? I thought it was the coolest thing that's ever happened. So I think that personalizing something and reminding our adult self of that, you know what it reminds me of? It's our, we as adults keep a running list. Our ego, our ego keeps a running list of all the times we blew it, all the times we screwed up, all the times we let people down, all the times we disappointed ourselves, all the times we fucked up, screwed up, did all the stuff. The addictions, the divorces, the times you were unkind, the times you think you were lazy, like all the stories in the chatter. And what, what these little cards do is they help us to remember and return to not just love, but return to our innocence. Our birthright. Yep. That we came through, as A Course in Miracles says, your birthright is peace and love. Inner peace and love is your birthright. You come through, as I always say, happy, healthy, healed, whole, and holy. And that's what, this is like an external reminder of those inner, eternal, I believe, truths. Yes. So as you guys can tell, I'm a super fan. <laughs> I, I usually don't have people on like hawking products, but my, <laughs> no, but seriously, I've never done this before. I mean, if somebody comes on, they get a book, they're hot. I'm like, of course you can talk about your books, but um, part of why I do this show is to help end suffering and to pour more love into the world. And I really believe that the inner child ID cards does that. And I appreciate your enthusiasm. <laughs> 150,000% from the get-go and all the Voxers and the Zoom calls to look at design and the nudges and the this and the colors and all of it. I appreciate so much, so much your support. Well, it was a joy. It was a joy. I mean, I was wicked excited. I was wicked excited for you um, as um, a creator. Like you, we, here's the other thing, artists and creatives, like fellow writers, we have to support each other. Just like I'm championing you right now and celebrating you right now as you're on your journey to write your second 
children's book. Let's not leave that out too. P.S. <laughs> Katie's kind of like my sweetie. Like she will never toot her own horn. So I'm like here to do it for you. <laughs> not that you lack confidence. Like you, you, you have confidence, but you're not going to just be like over the mic. Like, yeah. And by the way, P.S. I'm writing another book. So I will do that for you. So um, I just really, really um, think that artists and creatives don't get enough celebration. I don't think they get enough, um, you know, unless you're fucking famous, right? But there are so many people in the world who are doing good work, important work, who they don't get a platform. They don't get a voice. They don't have an opportunity, right? So I think, you know, if you have a podcast or you have a, a Facebook page or whatever, one of the greatest things we can do for each other is to shout each other out and to celebrate when somebody's trying to do cool work in the world. I mean, I haven't had a guest on other than Jordan in like a long time. Like I, I don't have that many people on the show. Because hello, I'm, big mouth. <laughs> I, I appreciate it. You've you've been asking for a, a little a little while. <laughs> okay, so you guys, and why this is also really fun. We'll just tell you the story now. Wait, is there anything else you want to say about ID cards? So we know where to get them, and we'll re remind them at the end. But is there anything else you want to say about about these cards and um, your thoughts? And um, I think they make great gifts. Um, I know that um, people, you know. How, how do I say this? I think we've described them well enough. Don't you, that people kind of get the gist of what these suckers are? Because I know people, these make total sense for us because again, you come from that counseling background and the teaching background and you're a hypnotist and you're a Reiki and you're into the spirit, you do all that stuff. And me too, right? So, but a layman might be like, what? What are these cards? Like, why do people, you know what I mean? Yeah. So I, I'm, I, I also want to speak to that, that it, do you think we've left anything out that might help people to understand what, what the purpose of these suckers is? I don't think so. I think we, I think a, we did a good job. All yeah. right. A little pat on the back. I think we did a good uh, job too. So you guys go check them out, gift them to somebody. I'm telling you your grandmother. I just think about, I just keep thinking, I swear to God, I don't know why I keep going to like somebody's like grand grandma or grandpa or your nana or your pepe or your momo or whatever everybody calls their their people different right and i just think oh my god my nana used to say my nana cabral at the holidays or whatever would always like slip us like a little a little fiver you know she'd give us like a she'd give us a, a five dollar bill she'd like you know, pull it out of her little sleeve or a sweater or whatever and she'd hand it to you and she'd always say go buy yourself a little trinket with this Aww. go get yourself a little trinket and I think of that every time I look at this, like get, just give yourself a little trinket, but give it to somebody else too. So order one for yourself and then get some for somebody else. Okay. So let's tell them the fun story of like how we met. I was going to lead off, but they're like, yeah, we don't give a shit. You two are excited about that. But if you've hung in here this long, this is a story <laughs> worth telling. So we were both in a group. And we saw that there was a hypnotist training coming up and you can tell any section that you want to tell, you just stop me. Okay. So, um, cause you're the guest on the show. I should probably stop talking. So, but we're, we're, we both sign up for this training. And on the first day of the training, this hypnotist to get certified, to become a hypnotist. Um, there's like what, 18 people in the class. Yep. Right. Yep. Okay. Mm -hmm. And we tend to attract teachers or have teachers who just throw you into the fire. <laughs> right? Yes. Breakout rooms still makes me melt a little bit. Yeah. So, so, okay. So it's like day one of our, of our certification training. 
to become hypnotists. And we learn some concepts. We do a little thing. We learn about like, uh, you know, what hypnosis is and, you know, scripts and like all this stuff. And then all of a sudden it's like breakout room. You're going to hypnotize each other in <laughs> the looks like some faces, some faces are totally nonchalant, but I know the little kid in me, my hat started to hammer and I'm like, and literally the little kid in me was like, what if I fuck up? What if I do it wrong? What if I ruin the experience for them? What if I don't know what I'm talking about? Like the chatter in my head, right? So all of a sudden, you know how it is when you're on Zoom, we're on Zoom and they're like, whoever is the wizard, whoever's got control of Zoom goes like, boop, breakout rooms. And then you're transported to a magical room somehow. And you have no idea who's going to be on the other side of the curtain. Okay, you yep. can you can take it from here and I'll I'll keep bumping it. Surprise. That's what it was. I mean, I even I think I at one point was like, I wonder if it's too late for me to back out of this whole course. <laughs> so uncomfortable. I mean, in as much as I in as much as I don't um enjoy being on you know podcast, being front facing, speaking in public, that it just those breakout terrifying. rooms were horrifying. But tell us why, like why for you? Cause I told you why for me, like I'm always, my biggest fear wasn't, it wasn't so much that I wouldn't do a good job. It's that I know the other person on whoever was gonna pop into that room is there to learn. They wanna have a good partner and I want them to have a wicked good experience, right? Yeah. Like that's my thing. And I'm like, oh, I don't wanna let them down or be clumsy or awkward and not, not be able to follow the directions because I'm the kind of person who, if you give me instructions, but you are not clear in your communication, I get a little frozen. I'm like, I can't really take action and move forward when I'm confused. And I always say, if you want to, if you want to keep me from taking action, fucking confuse me. That's what I always <laughs> say. Right. So we're literally just kind of thrown into this. And then all of a sudden it's like, okay, I'm in the breakout room. Who's And it's like, bing. And then all of a sudden there you were. And it was like, <laughs> KK and KT. And then you can tell your experience and then I'll, I'll talk a little bit about, about mine. Well, I mean, immediately the nice thing about talking with you is that you know how to have a conversation, you know how to speak. <laughs> and I'm over here like, I'm awkward. I don't know what to say. I don't want to screw up. Oh my gosh. Did I write the instructions down correctly? So immediately I was like, oh, good. Okay. So Karen can talk. A loud right? mouth. You got a loud mouth. <laughs> Uh, but immediately, you know, and we're supposed to be in this room doing an exercise, we're supposed to be practicing something. But what really ends up happening is that we start chatting and we're like 15 minutes in, 20 minutes in, and we're like, shit, we're supposed to be back in like five minutes. We haven't done what we're supposed to do. So I think we did, we did hurry in. We did do it. And we because it. I remember a teacher popped in and saw oh. us like, she saw us like finally like doing it and we I don't know if it was like we did both end up doing it because like there might have been no it might have been I don't know if at one point somebody ended up with three people but I don't know if we get a little more time but we did end up you know doing it but we did because I'm so curious right I know you're a curious person too and it's like who are you where are you and I'm like Utah like oh my god and like we're going back and forth and then I'm like shit we should probably do our work right we should do our homework or whatever but we hit it off right away. Yeah. And then we go back because this is like an eight day or whatever it was, intensive training, like eight hours a day, whatever it was. It was hardcore. And then the next time we get put in a breakout room, like literally we're like, I'm melting. Like on the inside, we're like, I'm melting, I'm melting. And then boom, 
we got paired again, right? Didn't we get paired <laughs> yeah. like the second time we got paired. as well? I, I want to say over the course of that whole training, I bet at least half the time that we got paired up with somebody, we got paired up together. And I'm not saying like, it wasn't horrible being paired up with other people, but it was always so much fun when your face would appear on the oh Zoom. Oh my screen. God. It was like gambling. Oh. You know, when you roll the dice and you're just like crossing your fingers, like that's what it would be like, be like crossing your fingers, like, oh my God, let it be KT, let it be KT, let it be KT. And then it'd be like, boom. And I got to say true. Like we did, we met some lovely people in that training and it was, it wasn't, it wasn't awful. I want to say that it wasn't bad. In fact, there were times when it was completely delightful to be paired with other people. It was really fun. Um, and it was always extra special and fun when it was you. So we both decided, um, like we pretty much immediately became friends because yeah. we started, I said to you, do you have Voxa? And you're like, what's that? I'm like, get it now. I was immediately bossy. I was like, get it now because we're going to talk to each other or whatever. And so you downloaded Voxa. I'm like, get the pro version, right? <laughs> so we, you know, I use it with my clients and stuff. And so we just immediately started talking like back and forth and back and forth. And we made each other laugh so fucking hard, like right. so often, right? Right. right. We would be right. like crying, laughing, you guys. So listen, as I'm trying not to slip into just a little time bubble with KT, I'm trying to remember I'm talking to you guys too. But you know how it is when you have a friend and you can just make each other laugh and laugh and laugh, like you can't even breathe. And then I discovered that KT snorts when she laughs, which would just make me laugh even harder. So we have these epic messages that are like sometimes one, two minutes long, and we're literally just laughing back and forth. It was so fantastic. So <laughs> we became friends and then we did a second brilliant training in integrative hypnosis with the brilliant Melissa Tears, who we both love, love, love. Um, yep. And we were in that group. And on day one of that, we got paired. Do you remember that? Yep. She like, she hit the, she hit the button breakout room. And there we were again. And we're like, oh, STOTJ, spiritual team on the job. This is meant to be. So we both did um, certifications in, um, for hypnosis, one in more like traditional hypnosis and then one with Melissa Tears who does everything like NLP work and um, integrative change work and conversational hypnosis and pattern interrupts and subconscious reprogramming. I mean, that was a brilliant training, wasn't that it? That was so good. such a fantastic training. Yeah, we, we love Melissa. We love Melissa. We were so jazzed. But that was the thing. I think I remember, did I... Did I find that training online? Is that what it was? And I said, hey, she's, you better yep. sign up. This is the yep. last, like, okay. So I found- I remember where I was listening to that Voxer and I was like, wait. And I got, I went into my office right away, got online and looked and I was like, oh, that would be so fun, especially yeah. to do another training with you. But all of the stuff she included- yeah, because we learned about her prior to that. I had heard her name even prior to the first training because Melissa is fantastic. And I mean, she works with all kinds of people and she kind of, I think of her as a, as a teacher's teacher and a trainer's trainer. You know, that's what I think of her. She's a hypnotist, hypnotist. You know, she works with psychiatrists and psychologists and medical doctors and people who have clients or, you know, cases or um, clients that they haven't been able to help. And they'll call Melissa, right? She's in New York. Um, and she was so brilliant. So, you know, she has written a bunch of books and, um, but she works, she does incredible work in anxiety. 
So we had learned about her. So I Googled her, right? When we got her book, the anti-anxiety toolkit. And then we Googled her and I was like, holy shit, she's doing a training. And this is probably like the last one. Cause I called her, like we talked on the phone, right? Melissa and I, and I was like, Katie, you got to sign up. Like you got to do this. And like, you looked and we signed up and it was a fantastic experience. Okay. There's a, there's a reason why I'm telling you guys all this. So through all these trainings, and that's one of the cool things about our friendship is that there's no competing. There's no comparison. Like we really showed up, you know, um, Shel Silverstein's book, The Missing Piece, where the piece just rolls around trying to find people to complete them. You know, it always makes me a little sad. Right. But I always say like we showed up as two whole people and our friendship just started rolling down the sidewalk and it was so easy and so seamless. And we, you know, if you see a really cool course, even if you might not want to take it, but you think I'll want to take it, you let me know. If I find out there's a discount code for this, right? I let you know. There's a reason why I have all these minky blankets on the floor behind me. You guys always see the colorful blankets behind me, those of you who watch, right? I find out about those because of you, PS, PS, and on and on and on. And so we just became fast friends. And I say, probably besides my sweetie, I talk to you more than I talk to any other human on the planet. <laughs> Yeah. I think there you're is. the only other person I talk to every single day. Yeah. Yep. I mean, I some there are some days I talk to you more than I talk to my husband or my kids or yeah. Yeah. So we ended up talking a lot. All of this to say, you guys, is that we've been friends now for almost um in, in January, it will be our two-year anniversary. And we became like, I, I never want to speak for you, but you became like my best friend. You're like one of the, the people in my life who's nearest and dearest to my heart. And like, I have a picture of like your son on my fridge, which is a story. <laughs> which, But the point is, you guys, is that we became friends over the internet and over Zoom and over Voxa, and we had never met each other. And then KT just came out and flew out for my retreat in November, the, the, the November, 2023. So we just met for the first time in person and it was such a trip. And I just want to tell this little section. So she, she got to my house, you know, she flies into Boston, rents a car, drives to my house and she's looking in the window. I was in the bathroom <laughs> and she's knocking on the door and she's looking in the window and she sees her kid on my fridge. And she's like, that was a, that you said that was a strange moment for you. Well, yeah. I mean, I, I'm a meeting somebody I've never met face to face. I'm at a house I've never been at before. And I look through the window and I'm like, oh, that's interesting. I've never seen this space in person, but there's my kid on her fridge. <laughs> <laughs> so her son, Kai, graduated high school. And uh, I'm so, I, you know, I don't have human kids, but I didn't. So you send out like uh, cards, like announcements or whatever. And of course I got one. So I'm like, yeah, this is like my honorary nephew. He's going right on my fridge, you know, along with like I, my other, my other uh, nephews and great nephews and stuff like that. So that was really fun. And we just had the best time. And the number one question that we got asked about meeting, I know you, you know, the question that you got asked that I got asked too. Was it weird? Was it weird? Was it weird? <laughs> Everyone, was it weird? Well, the thing is, is a lot of people have been along for the journey, like my family members, my kids, my husband, everybody knows who you are. They know your voice. They've talked to you through Zoom. You know, like uh, my brother asks about you all the time. Like lots of people know about our friendship, our relationship. Yeah. And so all of those people, it's the same question. Well, my, my listener. Yeah. Was it weird? 
Well, your listeners, my listeners, those of you who are loyal listeners, you know this story because you know who KT is because she's the KT of the eye color intervention uh, episode. <laughs> so it's, it was KT and her brother who I was trying to um, convince, like, you have hazel eyes, right? Like, hey, hey, remember I said to you, no, motherfucker. I was like, <laughs> exactly. I was like, no, motherfucker, your eyes are not brown. They are hazel. So my family... Well, my sweetie, at least, right? My sweetie knows all about you. And uh, my my other friends like know about you. And Emmeline knows about you because I introduced you too. And yeah, so it's just been fantastic. So we finally met in person. It was like not weird at all. What was weird was you being in front of me. Yes. You and I, that was not weird. But all of a sudden, like you materialized like off of Zoom into three like into 3d like right in front of my face and it was so fantastic so that that's the story guys you can make real friendships over the internet if you're willing to go beneath the surface right it is not just like how do i say this there has to be some genuine curiosity and not just surfacey stuff you got to be willing to do it but it can happen um and i if you would have told me like two years ago i was going to meet some some broad from Utah. <laughs> I'd be like, what? Who's going to fly to New, like, is going to fly to Boston to come to your retreat? I would have been like, what? <laughs> like, what are you saying right now? <laughs> oh my God. But so this has been, anything else you want to say about any of that before I, uh... I, I want to shout out to Emily too, for, cause I, all of her help too, with the cards and the design this little brain trust we have where we meet. I want to make sure I mention her name. Yeah. Well. Yeah. So Emily, Emily Aborn, some of you might know Emily from, um, she used to have the community. She built this and Emmeline, that's my nickname for her. Um, Emilyaborn.com. She's a content copywriter. She's a writer. She's brilliant. She's a peach. We love her to bits. Um, you know, and we see online all the time, all these like big wig business coaches, like selling their masterminds and like da 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 you know like come and be in a room and get your foot in the door and all that stuff and I was like why do we gotta pay somebody between the three of us like I have 20 plus years of entrepreneurship you have however many you have like nine to nine whatever it is at this point uh Emmeline I mean had a brick and mortar and like now does stuff online so we have a lot of experience and mostly what we have is um respect and curiosity and goodwill and uh support and mm -hmm. so we kind of like the triumvirate right the three of us kind of like came together and so if you're somebody who's out there listening you know you can get together you can create your own little mini uh mastermind uh yeah. where you and your friends kind of share ideas and share resources and cheer each other on and support each other because being a business owner is not especially online, like we're, we all work online. Yeah. It's not always easy. It could be a lonely and challenging endeavor. Do you want to say anything about that? Yeah. I mean, it, the other thing that's nice about our little group is that we each have our own different perspectives coming from different businesses. So they're not all the same. So we can bring in different pieces of our own business practice to help, you know, solve issues or brainstorm or whatever, it has just been fantastic. Yeah. So. And we bring different talents and skills and insights and whatever. 
And we're all different ages. We're all from different, like Emily's in her thirties. You're in your forties. I'm in my fifties. And we all come from like these different backgrounds. So there's no competitiveness. Like women can be so weird. Women can get so weird with each other and so catty and so backstabbing. And look, I love women. I love women and ladies. We have work to do. We have work to do. So, I mean, that's all. I'll leave it at that as a whole podcast for another day. But there's something like, if you were ever in a BNI group, like a business networking, whatever international, whatever that is, I, I was in a BNI group. I I hated it, but I understood the concept of it, which is only one person from each area of business, so it doesn't get weird, right? The two massage therapists, like, are competing or whatever. So because we we come together in that way, where we're each bringing our own, again, our own experience, our own businesses, our own whatever. It's not weird at all. It's really. Uh, Bringing talking about you creating resources, it really is a fantastic resource. And I think I, I hope more people, um, not that we came up with the idea, but I hope more people uh, borrow the idea and, you know, maybe create their own and, um, you know, lean on each other and not, and, and but here's what I'm going to say about that. Be a good brain truster, right? We call ours the brain trust, um, you know, but be a good brain truster, which means don't be a taker. Don't just go in and overload them with your needs and your whatever and just take, take, take. You got to be a giver. That's what makes it works is that it's balanced. Yeah. Yeah. It couldn't be better. Yeah. I literally can't think of a way that it could be improved at this point. Yeah. It's wicked fun. And we plan like, so we have calls where we hash through stuff and then we're, we have a working day we're going to be doing in December yep. where we're all going to gather together and. Uh, work online for a long period in our lives. Yep. Yeah. All right. So um, do you have any idea? Um, are, do you feel um, comfortable talking at all about your, um, your children's book that you're working on? Or is that still secret squirrel? Um, I feel comfortable talking about the topic. It yes. is um, a book about intuition and it'll be a picture book. It's a little bit tricky because it's pretty abstract and the audience is concrete. And so concretizing that is is a so challenge. So that little kids can like, so kids can wrap their idea around having intuition and what that having means. Intuition. Yeah. And yeah. I actually don't use the word intuition in the book. It's more um, about using like an inner knowing, hunches, gut feelings, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. So yeah, I'm so excited. I can't wait. And so- um, sprinkle your sparkles. All right. I love that you wrote a book. I love that you're working on your second book. <laughs> I love that inner child cards are out in the world. And I also love that Curse and Kabooters are still going strong. I mean, it's not like you're abandoning that. You're still creating resources for teachers yep. and homeschoolers and people who can use that stuff. So you guys, um, the, all of her social links, how to find her websites, the various web- websites and stuff are going to be in the show notes. But why don't you just tell them uh, one more time how they um, can get their hands on these suckers, these inner child IDs. Do you want to tell them the website? Yep. It's innerchildid.com. And on Instagram, the handle is just innerchildid. Yep. And then yep. on Facebook, the um, the the handle is um, self-love license. Yep. Okay. And then for the Caboodle website, so that's kirstenscaboodle.com with Wanna a K spell, and a K. Spell, spell caboodle. <laughs> K-I-R-S-T-E-N-S-K-A-B-O-O-D-L-E.com. And I believe on Instagram, it's 
at Kirsten's Caboodle and on Facebook, it's at Kirsten Tolsian. Yes, correct. Right. That is how everybody finds you. So um, I'm so excited. I'm just checking my notes to see if there was, I mean, I'm, I'm impressed. We, we hit all the markers that I wanted to say. And so ultimately, you know, if this, this show, the Karen Kenny show is about pouring more love into the world. I really think that um, all the work that you have done with kids, the work that you continue to do in creating resources. And then also now these, I think it's, this is how you pour love into the world. I mean, I get to see you at home, how much you love, how much you love Bonsai and Suki, your dogs, how much you love your kids, right? I, I get to see you at home, like how you interact with Jenga and Pico, your little, I call them mini parrots, but you can, if you want to tell them. So they're yeah. the little dinosaurs with <laughs> with wings and feathers. Yeah, the little bird. She, so you're a bird yeah. person, right? And you also have dogs and you also have, it's like two dogs, two kids, two birds. <laughs> one yeah. husband, but one yeah. husband in Utah, one <laughs> husband. <laughs> and there's only one wife in this relationship. Yes. Just... Oh, but we've joked about that, 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 um, that we would, we, you know, if I was Mormon, you know, and I was, if I was a plural family, I'd want you as a sister wife. That's what we yep. say. For sure. Okay. Yeah. But, um, so, um, is there anything else? Is there anything I didn't ask you that I, you wish I asked anything that's on your hat that you want to share about caring for your inner child or any final thing that you want to leave our listeners before we say goodbye? I don't think so. I just, I appreciate you for having me and I appreciate you for asking so many times and, <laughs> and pushing me outside my comfort zone. Encouraging so, you, encouraging yes. you. Yes, yes. I believe in you and I believe in these so much. So you guys, let's hold them up one more time. And do you have different ones? You have different pictures, different people. You got the binet. Yeah. Let's show, I, I only have this one. My other one is in my wallet, but it's my, my oh, sweet. there's Vinay. Oh my Vinay. God. He's so cute. So that's her husband, Vinay, as a little kid. Who else and you got? This is my daughter. Oh, Ella. Yeah. She's like a little, she was like a little, she was like a little um elf. That's why I think you're like a little fairy. She's, she's adorable. She is adorable. And this is me again, but it's a different card design. It doesn't have the yellow strip in the back. Oh my God. That's the one you just put on socials, right? Yeah. Yep. So cute. And my cute little toehead brother. Oh my God, Brad! Here's your brother, my <laughs> hazel, my hazel-eyed brethren. Thank you. Exactly. And then my boy. Oh, my Kai! I love thank it so much. Thank you. So thank you for sharing those. Thank you for sharing your hat. Thank you for sharing, um, you know, why you do this work. I can tell that you're, uh, you remind me of my mother in that way. My mother was a fierce advocate for kids. She, you know, she volunteered her time to help kids. Um, and so I really, really saw that in you right away when you would get really mad on my behalf for, <laughs> you'd be like, I'm sorry, but he's a dick. And I'd be, I'd start laughing and I'd be like, oh God. And I can tell like you really genuinely, and you guys, I, I don't blow smoke. I mean, you genuinely care about the welfare and the well-being. Um, uh, of children. And we need more of that in the, in the world because so much of what goes wrong, you know, I, I often say to my clients, um, you know, when they talk, when they say, I'm just one person, what can I do? And I'll say, look, all a government is made up of is individuals. All a community is made up of is individuals, all a neighborhood, et cetera. All, big, big things, big systems are just made up of individuals. And I'll often say to them, do you know why we have starving kids? Do you know why we have homeless kids and sex traffic kids? Because enough people decided that that was okay. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. And so when I meet somebody who actually genuinely cares about the well-being of children and tries to like, it's funny, right? Entrepreneurially, we say you make resources, right? But what you're really trying to do is resource children. Yes. Yeah. And if we can give those younger parts of ourselves, which is part of the work that we do as hypnotists, um, if we can go back, right, go back and we, we can start the journey with the inner child ID cards. If we can go back and resource those younger kids and help them to feel safe, it is literally like time traveling forward and helping the adult as well. Yeah. It's like giving them a little tool belt with a bunch of tools to be able to use to just, yeah, feel better and safe. I mean, safety, of course, is the number one thing, but yeah, right. The nervous system is always saying the number one question. You guys know this, right? Am I safe? So um, us as adults, you know, using these little external reminders to take good care of our inner, inner selves, our inner child is an incredible healing opportunity possibility. There's so much magic that that becomes possible. So Katie, I just love you to bits. Thank you so much. I love much you to being, bits. Thank Thanks. you. Thank you so much for being on the show and for sharing yourself, um, your, your creativity, your genius with everybody. I just love you and appreciate you so much. Thank you for all the work that you do in the world. And um, you guys go check her out, go find out. We gave you all the information. If you have any questions, they can shoot you a DM if anybody has a question or whatever. You can contact her. You got a contact thing on your website too if you have particular questions about them. Okay. <clears throat> I just know. I'm like, somebody, I think these are the greatest gifts to give. All right, I'm going to stop talking about it. All right, and we're back, <laughs> and we're back. Okay, here's the deal. You guys, you know I say at the end of every show, wherever you go, may you leave yourself. May you leave your younger selves. May you leave the people, the animals, the planet, the environment better than how you found it. Wherever you go, may you be a blessing. Bye. Hey, you guys. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of the Karen Kenny Show. <laughs> I super duper appreciate your time, friendship, and support. And look, if something that I shared from my heart today somehow landed in yours, I'd love to hear about it. So please tag me on Facebook or Instagram or IG stories or wherever the cool kids are hanging out these days and let me know what your favorite pot was or what you found most helpful. You can find me over at Karen Kenny Live. That's Karen, K-E-N-N-E-Y-L-I-V-E. And if you're digging what I'm saying and you want to hear more, I'd be wicked grateful if you could go to iTunes and subscribe and leave a review because you guys, that's how you'll help me to keep spreading the love. And if you can think of someone that could benefit from hearing this episode, please share it with them. I'd also love to stay connected with you. So if the feeling is mutual, please go to karenkenny.com backslash freebie and download my free guide to building your spiritual team. Until next time, my brothers and sisters, keep living in the fearless flow. Know that I see you, I appreciate you, and I love you. And wherever you go, may you be a blessing. <laughs>